What is up, guys? It's Coach Christy, and this is Fit to Rise. This week, I have my very first guest, which also happens to be my husband, Zach. And yeah, you're right. I had to force him to do this, and I have no regrets. So this this discussion is pretty broad. Um, I gave you literally no time to prepare, and maybe five minutes ago, finally told you what the topic I wanted to discuss was going to be. Um, but first, let me give you a backstory of the significance of the podcast. So, in the last episode, I talked about the whole can't stop, won't stop mindset. Now, coming into this new mindset, I had to constantly expand my skills. So, that meant from learning, you know, new physical skills, uh, to new mental training skills, etc. So, the reason I brought you on here... Uh, is because you're one of the main reasons I've pushed to do what I do. And no one really knows that mentor or motivator side of you. And if you could get my stubborn butt to listen to you, I'm pretty sure you could get anybody to. So first, kind of introduce yourself and tell me a little about what you believe it means to be fit to rise. Um, I don't really know a great way to introduce myself uh, other than... My name is Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, I have a wonderful wife, Christy. That's me. Coach Christy. Um, AKA. Yeah. And we have two uh, wonderful little boys, Bo and Huck. And they're pretty cool. Our little dog, Millie, um, who's currently right beside us. Right beside him. <laughs> right she beside doesn't really him. like me. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess a little bit about me. I'm 31. Um, just turned 31. God, throw an age out there. It's fine. Yeah. Um, dirty 30. I went to UNC Charlotte, um, local to where we live now in Burlington, North Carolina. Um, I got a degree in mechanical engineering, uh, and I work for Honda Power Equipment. Pretty cool. I've been there for about seven years now seems like a long time but as far as fit to rise um fit to rise (laughs) are you laughing because you said fit to rise did i yeah okay as far as fit to rise um i don't know i i guess for me uh what it means to me and i guess if i'm fit to rise um first of all i by no means am I perfect. Um, and I think some of that is uh, me needing to still find my main passion uh, and, yeah. and kind of myself. Um, I, I still need to locate that and figure out what it is that drives me. Um, and also, I need to improve my physiology, I think, to, to improve my mentality. Um, and, and that's kind of, of all the kind of self-help uh, or coaching type podcasts and books that you hear or read about, um, that's a big theme in a lot of them is your physical health. Yeah. Um, and if anyone knows me, I'm obviously not a specimen of uh, physical well-being. Um, and, and I never have been. Fitness has never been something that I've been good at. Uh, I've always been that kind of bigger kid. So, um, 
I guess traits that make me fit to rise other than what I've just talked about and what I need to improve on, um, things that I'm good at, my personality and morality. um, I think I'm very good at opening myself to others and, and just caring about what people have to say, especially people that I'm close with. And always trying, I guess that kind of stems from always trying to please others. And that yeah. started off as something that was, it's not always a good thing, actually. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that led into, I guess, early on, like, being good at customer service, which is also kind of a staple of of growing a business, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or just... Being overall successful is general, knowing yeah. knowing who your customer is and how to treat them. Um, from the morality side, if you've ever really talked to me or or hung around me, <laughs> even since I was a young kid, I do not doing. I, I don't like doing things that are morally wrong. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> he can't sleep. He won't be able to eat. I mean, that's just, he puts so much thought into any and everything that you do that you're so scared of making the wrong decision that you put yourself in physical turmoil. Can't eat, can't sleep, pace, like physically sick. Yeah, so I don't, I don't like doing anything that's morally wrong or if I feel like I did something that's morally wrong I dwell on it Mm -hmm. um and it almost makes me like incapable of lying like I do not lie (laughs) unless I know that it will immediately hurt someone if I tell them the truth and that kind of feeds back into the the pleasing people thing Uh, but yeah I do I definitely have a a fear of making the wrong decision um and that sometimes hinders my ability to um as far as becoming mentally stronger. Sometimes I think you just have to dive into things and I'm learning I'm learning those lessons the hard way in personal and, and in professional life. Yeah. So. so you didn't hesitate though, like when I told you, Hey, I'm gonna go for personal training or hey, I'm going to own my own gym or start my own fitness career or hell even this podcast you didn't hesitate I mean you had you know of course doubts you know whatever but you never voiced them to me if you did so what makes you so certain that other people like when they have dreams when they have aspirations or whatever when they have those what makes you so positive as to continue to push them to get to where they need or said want to be like, what in you do you have that drives you to be that person? Because not everybody is that. So, But there's something in you. So the main thing for me telling you was, I guess I'm because, because um, and I, I guess I'll have to start with me. I, I feel like I'm a jack of all trade, master of none. And Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. so... Um, to me, I'm because I don't know what my main passion is. If somebody know, if you know what that is, 
and you can focus in on it. I, a, I'm a little jealous that you can do that, and not just you, like anybody. You if, you, if you know, like, if you know that's what you like, and that's what you do, and that's what you can put your time and effort and sometimes money into, then you should pursue it. And I think that if a if people just have a goal, um, that that's enough for me to to try to support them and try to meet their try to meet their goal. Realistically, um, I am a realist to my core. You no. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a realist. Um, this is brand new news. Yeah. So I, I mean, I like to, I like to think outside the box more now than I used to. Uh, I think I've improved in that area, but I, I'm a realist, so I want to do it in the most feasible way possible. Like get to that point. I was telling, um, I, we just brought in a new guy to my department that I'm over at, at Honda, and I was telling him today, like, you know, I interviewed him. And I set up the interview questions, and I look for very specific answers right. to those questions. And I told him, I think he was the first person that I've ever interviewed that he answered every single question with either every keyword or every response that I look for to see if people are there to just get a paycheck or if they're there to like grow themselves. Right. And want to do better. A, if you can find people that just want to better themselves. Yeah. That's great. Gold. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I told him, whatever I can do to utilize this stepping stone to, to help him, him to help him get to where he wants to be. Yeah. I'm all for it. And I've helped, I've helped several of my guys like put in transfer requests to to other departments because they want to grow in the company. And a lot of people <laughs> are actually hesitant because they don't understand that. What they do you don't mean? like. It's kind of, and I guess the best example was it'd be like your employer or your boss helping you write a resume to apply to another job I, okay, and yeah. leave the company. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean. Obviously, they still be working within the company, but right, they would leave my department. Yeah. So, if they want to grow, even if it's a lateral move, and they just want to do something different, as long as they're bettering, as long as they're learning, I'm all for that. See, but, but people, I say people like, but me, I will flock to you for ideas or which road I'm supposed to be going down, and you have a way of knowing. The obstacles like 10 miles ahead how do you do that it's a disease called overthinking oh okay <laughs> I do it with everything I do and it's a blessing and a curse just I mean like, is that like a, an engineering thing like is that a you have to be 10 steps ahead at all times uh, in a way um, I think I always I've always been an overthinker um, I've thought about this a lot actually because because you're an overthinker <laughs> yes actually see what I did there yeah so but the engineering side of it they almost they drill it they into almost you, though, train right? you they almost train you to think the way I automatically think 
So, is there a way for you to cut that off? Like, can you turn it off? Because I don't think you can. I don't know that I've ever tried. Okay. We're going to try. And we're going to see if you can. I don't know how. But I'll Google it. I'll uh, (laughs) I'll figure it out. I don't know that I can. But, okay. So, going back to passion. Because you said you haven't really found yours yet. So, the way that I found mine, and it was kind of like in the podcast, it was an epiphany. It was like, I should have known this all along. And I feel like other people know your passion, and you're just blind to it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah? (laughs) So, I shared a quote the other day of something that I wrote on Facebook. And it says, I'm a simple man. I love my family. Dallas Cowboys football country music, fishing, a four-speed in the floor, and the sound of a nicely built V8. Um, some people commented on that. End quote. <laughs> yeah, end quote. But some people commented on that and said, I should add beer. Um, that's 100% that's correct. That's probably true. Uh, I do like beer, but um, that one resonates with me because, obviously, it's all the things I really like. Um the problem, the problem is I really like a lot of things. Yeah. But I don't dive into anything. And like I don't, full force into just Yeah, one. like, you know, I was listening to a podcast today um, and they were talking about drag racing. And, you know, these guys, they were, that's all they do. They drag race. They work at the drag strip. They do it all the time. They, you know, as a father and father and son, that's what they do. And I was thinking, you know, for me, I can't even begin to think about doing just one thing and forgetting about everything else. Um, You know, I I know that I was raised on, especially in high school, like car shows and racing and I love Mopar uh, which is Chrysler products like older older cars uh, that are Dodge and and Plymouth and um, the custom car and truck world you know, the creativity of that um, with SEMA going on obviously uh, my social media has been pretty busy sh- sharing uh, things from SEMA yeah left and right mine too um, and then of course NASCAR uh, talking about NASCAR, general, you know, <laughs> general motorsports. Um, I'm I'm starting to find appreciation for for things that I never really watched or cared about, like F1, IndyCar. Um, some of that's due to to Dale Jr.'s podcast, actually, uh, which I'm an avid listener um, on Tuesdays. Okay, I'm gonna squirrel for a second. What did you watch yesterday? It was like this Earnhardt... Oh, that was Michael Waltrip's um, new movie that just came out yesterday on Amazon. Okay, Blink, so talk Blink, about that for Blink a second. Of an eye. Like, it was what? It was called Blink of an Eye. Blink of an Eye. Okay, and you cried. Uh, I teared up. I teared up. You cried. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it was sad. So, the fact that you would put yourself in that situation knowing that you were going to cry because Earnhardt was in it, but you don't know what you're passionate about. I mean, I also cried when G-Baby got shot. Stop. Jesus. On Hardball. Okay. All right. 
well, you're a gangster at heart. I get it. But you put, like, you watch, give me all the Earnhardt stuff. What do you mean? And don't, what? I mean, I like, I like, I mean, I like stuff about racing. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching that stuff. I guess it's just, I don't know, um, I don't know how I fall into how I could dive into that. You okay, know, so I'm, what made you want to be an engineer? Let's back it up all the way. Oh, Here okay. we go. All right, fifth grade, Zach. <laughs> so it started with the car show thing. Um, I got pretty involved with my uncle, my mom's brother, uh, Roger, taking me to, to car shows. And uh, in 2004, I went on the entire Hot Rod Power Tour. Uh, I, I got a long hauler award. I rode in the back of uh, Hall of Fame drag racer Herb McCandless's 1962 Chrysler Imperial. Um, now, if you ask them, they would probably say I slept out the whole way in the car. I but, 100% believe that. <laughs> uh, at the stops, I definitely wasn't asleep, and I couldn't probably do that now. Uh, but back when I was, you know, uh, 2004, I didn't even have my license, so... Uh, riding in the back of a of a car that was pretty much like a six thousand pound magic carpet just puts you to sleep. Um, so I ended up working for Herb, um, and when I say working, I was getting paid to learn uh, as his kind of helper. And you know, we restored cars, and pretty much my job was take it apart, sandblast it, por it, put it back together pretty much my job. He also taught me um, how to gauge Dana 60s, which is a pretty popular Chrysler rear end uh, back in the day. They're still used uh, some today. Uh, he taught me how to take apart a four-speed, uh, uh, old Chrysler four-speed, which is, there's an, a, a science to that. But um, about the time I started thinking about what I wanted to do, um, Herb told me um, he said, or I start, I guess I started talking about looking at schools and I found, you know, UNC Charlotte had motorsports engineering. So from that moment that I found that out, which back then there was only four schools that had, um, uh, engineering in North Carolina. And that was Duke, NC State, A&T and Charlotte. Nothing about NC State really interested me. I applied there. Didn't really, didn't really want to go there. Um, I felt like Duke was kind of out of my range uh, from a price standpoint and and oh, an yeah, academics. Sure. I definitely wasn't a four point student. Um, and sorry guys, I have to keep moving him because <laughs> he's like bumping the table and he's making all this noise. Sorry. Um, as he makes more noise. <laughs> So, I found out UNC Charlotte had the motorsports, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. I think I was even writing papers about it as early as 10th grade, which is right around the same time frame. Um, But Herb had told me, he was like, uh, at the time, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, their chief engine builder, uh, was uh, Randy Dorton. And he used to work for Herb at Sox and Martin. Okay. And Herb told me, he said, if you go get that degree, 
I will get you a job in NASCAR, or I will help you get a job in NASCAR. So, um, that's that's how I got started down that road. Um, and obviously, I don't work in NASCAR now, but I guess I didn't jump into get the experience that I should have gotten at that time. Okay. But that's how I got started on that path. And I ended up just kind of generalizing it to just mechanical engineering. Because at some point while I was in school, I realized that I was going to kind of go the industry, go the industry route. Okay. Now I did end up doing, I did my senior design project in motorsports, but okay, that's what I thought. That's kind of a different story. So, um, but that's how I got started on that path. And, and for me, um, that kind of reignited the racing thing. Um, I always liked it, but it brings a whole new appreciation to it. And I'm really, I'm really defensive. Are you? About like, piss so many people are like, oh, NASCAR, yeah, you just turn left. Yeah. Well, I promise you. And now that I've actually drove a oh, car, God. thanks Here to you. Go. You're I've, welcome. It's, it's, there's a lot of, and people don't know now, there's a lot of science that goes into it. 100%. A lot of engineering. Um, so I think that appreciation from what I know now having that degree and and knowing what has to go into to prep the cars and the technology involved is it brings a new appreciation for me to the sport itself to the sport itself yeah for sure so speaking goal-wise speaking personality-wise I feel like authenticity authenticity that's a word I'm gonna use so I feel like when you find your passion, that's literally all it boils down to is your true self. So when you find, quote unquote, your true self, it's like your passion just flows. Like it's, you don't have to work for it. It doesn't feel like work. It, you are, um, uh, it's hard for me to describe the actual feeling because when you know, you know. And I feel like you push so many people to know their no that it, I feel like it's really unfair that you don't feel like you know you know. Does yeah, that make sense? I feel that way too. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why I, I had a, my best friend pretty much from sixth grade uh, to... to even now, I mean, we don't talk as much as we used to, but he was that way. He could he could find something new that he liked. Go full force. And in. he would dive into it like he'd read every book. Yeah. He would listen to or watch whatever he could related to that subject. You know, he still to this day, like, he's a power lifter now, and that's – once he finds something, All he, day, he day. latches yeah. onto it, and that's what he does. Like, he literally goes to work, goes to the gym, goes home. Like, powerlifting is his go-to everything. Yeah. Um, he would like even a new song. He'd find a new song he'd like on the radio. Oh my god, it used to drive me crazy. 
we would be riding around and we would play the same song on repeat because he didn't want to hear nothing else. Tucker, you do the exact same thing. Not quite to. Oh, okay. Not quite, it's okay. Not quite to to Jesus. Chris's level, but yeah, touche. Uh, or a movie, like I do not do this. But oh. if he liked a movie, he would watch that same movie like ten times in a row. Nah. Mm-mm. And I, I just, I never understood it. I would get so tired of it, and like, dude, we, we've already, we've already watched this movie like five times. Yeah. I don't know, dude. So. Yeah. Okay, so circle back. We squirreled real hard on that. So come back and tell me you right now. Mill, y'all, tell me in like 10 seconds or less what you think you have right now to be fit to rise. I mean, I think what, what I talked about as far as morality and my customer service like mindset and always doing the right thing those things are a good base for me but like i said it's it's going to take my physiology improving uh which will lead to the mental improvement but and also combining that with whatever i identify as you know my main passion yeah which i think probably sitting here listening to me you, you know that I love cars uh, I love anything with an engine or wheels <laughs> I mean yeah. pretty much and, and I still like to work on things when I can I guess the thing that I've always feared is time and money uh, because anybody who knows anything about any type of racing is expensive uh, and it takes time and so I guess that's why I'm scared to to run down any route of it. Um, I was actually telling Bo today because he was um, he was mad he didn't get his way about something, and I was oh, trying to exp- I was trying to explain to him you're you're not always going to get your way, and he was like, "Well, you got your way." About what, what did you do? He he was talking about me coming to his assembly today. Oh, you, he meant you like, doing what you wanted to yes. do? Gotcha. And I was like, Bo, you do not always get to do exactly what you want to do. It's just not in the cards, you know. Um, some people are lucky enough to say that, you know. And I think I, my example to him was, oh, God. I said, Bo, for my entire life, I have wanted to race something, whether it was bikes or go-karts or just race cars, period. I've always wanted to do that. And when I was a kid, you know, my parents didn't have enough money to to send me go-kart racing. Right. And so that's just something I never was able to do. You know, now that... Now it's different because we got a family and you got bills and things like that. But I, I guess these kids that are coming up and they're getting these big dollar money rides, like they have no idea how lucky they are. Yeah. That their parents were able to do that, you know. And actually watching that movie, Blink of an Eye, with and seeing Michael Waltrip's story was really cool because. 
you know, his brother was already a cup driver. And it, yeah. And he was young. He was like 10. And he barely got any help from his brother doing anything. I remember. And his parents didn't help him, even though they helped his brother get a go-kart and everything. So that was neat um, to see that, you know, he kind of made it, um, which is a lot harder to do that nowadays. And and all the old school drivers will tell you that. That was him also. I just want you to know (laughs) the noise. But it's cool. So it was neat to hear that story. Okay. I feel like we have we have been talking for twenty eight minutes. Yeah. I didn't think this would last, but for like I don't know ten. But um, I'll go back to the authenticity thing. I'm gonna damage that word, but I really do think that's the core of people's passions, and I believe their core values. I believe their views, anything like that, is what you know, drives them being like self-aware of who they are, who they want to become. And I think you, I no, no, I don't even think, I know you have that. And I just have to push it out of you. Like I have to figure out a way to make you believe in yourself. So what, what do you think my passion is? And I mean, like very specifically what? Specifically, I'm going to put you in a NASCAR race car. No. You watch me. Oh my God. No, I'm speaking it okay. into existence, and it's going to happen. And what I really love is when people doubt me. Really love it. So if you don't think I can do it, watch me. End quote, guys. All right, so that is today's podcast. I will be back next week. But until then, guys, go and grow.